With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back into the Rocky Top Talk podcast, uh, NCAA tournament edition. Vols are still breathing. Uh, you know, we had some... <laughs> Had some moments over the over the weekend, you know, both, both Friday and and Sunday um, were not pretty at times. But at this time of year, all it, all that matters is the W in the win column. So Tennessee is still breathing. It looks like they're going to be playing Thursday against Purdue. So uh, once again, it's the Rocky Top Talk podcast. We uh, Evan and I uh, we're running this podcast now. We write for. Uh, RockyTopTalk.com for all the latest news and information. Head on over to our site. So, uh, Evan, with that being said, we'll hop right in. Uh, I, I guess we'll start with, with Colgate on, on Friday. Uh, it, it was a, an interesting, interesting game. Uh, a Colgate team that a lot of people said could, could hang with Tennessee, and boy, they sure did. Yeah, man, and without their best player for an entire their uh, second half, you know, I mean, uh, Rapolis even Auskis had that crazy issue going on with his eyes, his contacts, and as a as a fellow contact wearer, I just <laughs> just watching him made my eyes hurt. I mean, I, could, I understood completely what he was going through. Um, I mean, I even I, even at one point during an instant replay, I saw him asking the coaches what the score was, like, and they had to tell him the score. I mean, that's how like that's how bad his vision was or whatever was going on was. But anyway. Um, yeah, man, Jordan Burns, hell of a player, 12 for 20 from the field, 8 of 13 from 3. I mean, started off, I think, like 6 of 7. Um, just shot lights out, 32 points, and he, that's coming off his 35-point performance in the uh, championship, their league championship game before that, uh, they faced the Vols. I mean, man, gave us way more fits than we needed, and um, I'm certainly a crest guy now after that game. <laughs> yeah, they, they, we knew they could shoot the 3 coming in. They ended up shooting 51%. Uh, that's Tennessee's nightmare, right? right. So, yeah. you know, you get the big guy out of the game, uh, and, and, you know, Rick Barnes said it, that might have actually helped uh, Colgate do what they were doing. They, they just spread the floor uh, and really let Burns go after it and attack. And, look, I, I mean, we've, we've knocked Tennessee's defense, uh, especially the three-point defense, all year long. Uh, but in this case – I think it was more about Burns just absolutely being a dominant player. I mean, he was hitting contested shots, uh, you know, inside the arc and outside. He was hitting ridiculous threes, you know, got the bank there at the end. It just, everything was working for him. He goes 8 of 13. They go 15 of 29 as a team, you know. Just incredible. And, and once again, it was it was a case of Tennessee kind of losing their way offensively. Thankfully, they found it. Uh, Admiral Schofield just burying a couple of corner threes uh, there at the end of the ball game, but uh, you know a little bit of foreshadowing here. Tennessee losing their way offensively. Uh, it's been a theme over the last month, and eventually it's going to bite them. Yeah, man, and I mean it's like you said, it's all about the turnovers. I mean they had they had eight in the entire game. They had four in each half. So they're they're 
and it's just it's bad it's bad mistakes it's not like oh you know jordan burns is out there you know getting his hands in the middle in the, in the passing lanes and all that stuff no it's bad passes it's misreads you know to use a football term um it's just just sloppy play and yeah it's caught to him in the last two games it caught up to him in all in the auburn game as well um you know it's just something that this team's got to correct and Rick Barnes talked about it after the after the first game against Colgate. You know, he said he felt like the team was anxious. They were just ready to play after waiting all week. And that certainly seemed to be the case because they came out on fire against Iowa. But then as we saw again in, later in the Iowa game, they started to cool off later as well. I mean, and honestly, they came out pretty well against Colgate. Uh, yeah, 9-0, 9-0 start. Yeah, yeah, they came out and they looked like the more athletic team. And I just thought, all right, well, we were worried for nothing. They're gonna, they're just gonna run through Colgate, and then Jordan Burns got going. So, uh, look, it, this this offense still runs through Grant Williams, and I think Colgate really locked him down pretty well. I, I mean, Grant only took four shot or six shots, excuse me, uh, right. made four of them. Uh, you know they were just collapsing the paint, similar to what Kentucky did in their in their first meeting against Tennessee and uh, Lexington. Uh, so you know when Grant gets triple teamed, he's got to quickly make a decision. He's got to jump up in the air and somehow get a pass away. The blueprint for beating Tennessee is there, and I think it's just Perfect. surrounding Grant and praying Tennessee doesn't make shots. I, I think that's it, and it's worked down uh, the the last few games of the year. Uh, you know, you certainly saw Kentucky expose it. Uh, Auburn, w- with their you know active hands and, and turning Tennessee over like they did, uh, I-, I think that's the blueprint, um, and, and that's what teams are, are going to do. And it kept a, a Colgate team who was outsized. You know, they were at they they Tennessee had better at athletes. Uh, it just kept them in the game. So it, it's pretty concerning to see this offense go away and stretches like it has. Uh, we're going to get into it in a minute, but it went away again on Sunday um, against Iowa. So I guess we can go ahead and, and, and dive in here. Tennessee moves on to face Iowa, who knocked off Cincinnati. And, and look, there was a lot of talk about um, Cincinnati getting uh, that home court advantage. Right. Um, I, I think getting Iowa was a blessing uh, because if you just looked at that arena on Friday, Man, it was it was just head to toe all the way to the rafters. It was decked out in red. I mean, Cincinnati fans really showed out. So I think that was a blessing uh, for Tennessee. Yeah, man. And just to go back on your previous point real quick, um, um, making the Vols make their shots, um, that's kind of what the blueprint is. I mean, it was obvious that's what uh, Colgate was trying to do. I mean, they had four or five guys packed inside, inside the arc for – 80% of the game, and, you know, they were forcing Tennessee to hit their outside shots, and the, while the Vols did it pretty decent, I mean, they hit 30% of them, or a little bit over 30% of them, it's certainly something that I think other teams are going to pick up on, but, um, but yeah, man, uh, going back to today's game, absolute thriller, um, you know, in the worst way possible, but... I mean, God, when they blew that 25-point lead, man, I was just like, if there's any worse way to lose to lose after losing to Loyola Chicago last year, this is going to be it. And for a minute there, it looked like it was over, but the Vols came through in that overtime period. I was texting – I have I do a group text with a, with a few friends. None of them are Vols fans, go figure. Um, but they were ragging me, you know, as time was coming on and talking about how they're overrated. And I – I pointed at that overtime period and I said, look, that's championship basketball right there because the Vols came out. They put their feet on the throats of 
the Hawkeyes and absolutely stomped them out and finished them off. Yeah, they absolutely responded. I didn't see it coming. Uh, no, I didn't either. I thought, man, honestly, with the foul trouble they were in, I thought it was over. I really did. But yeah, and I, I, I mean, I know, I know, I'm kind of getting a reputation as Mister Negative on the website, but you know, I mean, I really thought it was over. Yeah, you don't hold a candle to to Connor. We need to unleash Connor on one of these podcasts. Connor's in the Connor's in the shadows, though. <laughs> yeah. not, not many people. We'll make that happen soon. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, this this Iowa game, man, Tennessee. It, it, looking at the chart on ESPN, the little game flow chart. It's hilarious. You know, Tennessee's up by 25. It, it's over, you know. I, I'm already looking ahead to Purdue. 44 to 19. And and I'm, I'm already getting the scouting report ready for the Boilermakers. And sure enough, here we go. Start the second half, and it's a slow climb back. I mean, it wasn't like one spurt. It was just here and there. And Death by a thousand cuts. Yep. And, and then once again, the Tennessee offense just went away. Uh, you know, honestly, Jordan Bone, Lamonte Turner, they look clueless. Uh, they yeah. looked clueless yeah. in the second half for, for the better part of it. Eventually found it, but I don't understand how this team can look so good uh, in the first half and then can't even make an entry pass to Grant Williams in the post. It, it's mind-blowing to me. It, it reminded me so much of the Auburn game and for that, that little bit of a stretch against the Colgate, against Colgate uh, where the offense disappeared. So I, I, I'm – Happy they advanced. I ran. I, I'm just so concerned about this offense and why uh, they just keep disappearing for big stretches like this. Yeah, man. And outside of you know, outside of the two Kentucky games since, and I guess LSU game because they did score 80 points in that game. But um, I mean, outside of those three games since that first Kentucky matchup, we don't really know what team we're going to get. And you know, I made the comment today in the Slack chat. Uh, you know, it said it looked like they were out there. They had the balls wrapped, the basketball wrapped with grocery bags. You know, they were, I mean, it was just slipping out of their hands. I mean, they would go to make a move and it would just fall, it, it would just fall away from their body. Like it was like a dead body part falling off or something. I mean, I, <laughs> I did not, I, I don't understand it. I don't know about, I don't know enough about basketball to try and pinpoint it. So I'm not going to. All I know is it bothers the hell out of me and it needs to get fixed. And it's more than just a trend right now, it's starting to become an identity. Yeah, Tennessee's really fortunate. You know, Iowa shot 51% against Cincinnati from three. Yep. They shoot 33% today, only seven of 21. I mean, a couple more of those fall. One more of those fall. You know, Tennessee's at home right now, and, and we're talking about a loss and, and this group being done. So I think they were really fortunate there. Uh, some, some good open looks didn't fall for a, a good three-point shooting team. Uh, the, Iowa had a bunch of snipers out there, and luckily – most of them were off of their game today, so I yeah. thought I thought that was a big deal. Admiral Schofield, uh, huge first half, 17 points, three of three from three point range, uh, really paced the offense. You know, this team is different when Admiral gets it going. We saw Certainly. it uh, against uh, Gonzaga earlier in the year. Tennessee won that game, of course, thanks to some uh, late game heroics there. But we saw it in stretches last year when Admiral becomes the dude. Tennessee is just a much better team. So we saw that in the first half, and I'm sitting here thinking, man, Schofield's going to go on a, a, a run through this NCAA tournament, and it's gonna, it could be magical. And then he gets in foul trouble in the second half. He gets on the bench, and then you get to the final possession. It's tied, and I'm like, where's, where's number five? Because that's who needs to get the ball right here. He's not even on the floor. Uh, so it, it's strange and then you know of course he, he doesn't play throughout overtime um, so of, of course the first answer that I want from Rick Barnes is why didn't Admiral play yes. Turn, turns out Admiral 
kept himself out of the game. You know, he, he told Rick, it's like, hey, Kyle is, is playing well. I think we need that big body in there. That's really strange to me. Uh, uh, you know, more so in the fact that he, Rick didn't take him out for Lamonte Turner or Jordan Bowden, uh, you know, and keep Kyle in the game. I, I don't understand that. It, it worked out. You can't argue with results at all. Um, Tennessee crushed the, the time period, but uh, that's just a little weird to me, and I just I'm not sure that I buy that explanation. Yeah, I don't know, and I mean, yeah, you don't want to argue with you know results, but you can certainly question them, and I mean, it doesn't make sense, man. I mean, Admiral, I mean, you saw the emotion on senior night. You know, he wants this more than anything to be out on the court, and maybe it was just a bad matchup with him. I mean, when they tried to they tried to put him on the smaller guards a couple times, they just went right by him. The couple times he was matched up on Garza, that I you know noticed whenever I wasn't writing down notes for my recap. Um, you know, Garza would, would get around him pretty easily or, you know, would force him out of the way. So maybe it was just a bad matchup. But, yeah, for somebody like Admiral who has poured every single ounce of blood, sweat, tears, every minute, second of his time, every hour, every day, whatever whatever you whatever you want to say, um, it, it is weird for, not, for him to not be there in the biggest moment of his career, honestly. Everything's on the line right there, too. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Legacy. It, and imagine if they lose, and then, yeah. then people start questioning, you know, what happens then? Yeah, if if that overtime period goes poorly, Schofield never plays again for Tennessee. Uh, I mean, yep. that, that's just that, – that's wild to think about. I, I don't know. Uh, Hopefully we don't hear about him missing any practice time. Yeah, the next couple days. maybe there's something more to it. Maybe we're reading too much into it. I don't know. But uh, just a, just an odd development there. But otherwise, you know, the great first half. Uh, he seems to be pretty locked in, which I think is huge because he hasn't been for the better part of SEC play. I think Tennessee's been missing that uh, that second option. You know, the, the offense has been running through Grant. It can now run through Admiral a little bit uh, with Turner and, and Bone and, and Bowden being the, the supplementary guys. So uh, Tennessee needs Admiral to, to, to be the guy, I, I think, to be the best Tennessee possible. Uh, it, it just opens up everything. So hopefully that continues. Hopefully there's nothing serious there. Uh, Grant Williams uh, got back to, to being Grant a little bit there. Um, and he made some plays today. He really did. He really did. Uh, ends up with 19 points on 7 of 13 shooting, 5 of 6 from the free throw stripe. Uh, big rebounds. Yeah, Tennessee won the rebounding battle today. Big block, uh, too. Yeah, yeah. Five turnovers. Uh, again, that, that goes back to those entry passes that I was talking about. But – uh, Tennessee got the big man rolling again today. Uh, Kyle Alexander, uh, man, I I know what Admiral said. I, I know that that he was being supportive of his teammate, but too many times down the stretch, Kyle Alexander was playing soft. You know, yeah. I, I don't yeah. I don't like calling people out like that, but man, Kyle Alexander was getting worked down in the paint uh, by the Iowa big men, and it really allowed the Hawkeyes to come on back. Yeah, but any time, and I've been harping on this now for a couple of weeks, Anytime he's matched up with anybody who has any kind of inkling, any kind of remote similar size as him, he's he's done. He, he just can't do it, man. And I don't know what's changed because last year he was a lot more aggressive than he was this year. Maybe he's saving his body for the NBA. You know, I don't know. That's obviously speculation on my part. But, I mean, he, he's not the same player. And like you're saying, if – if Admiral's not going or if the, or if Grant's not going, if that second option isn't going for the Vols, then he needs to be there. He needs to be there to pick it up because at the end of the day, this is an inside-out team. 
So they've got to have some kind of scoring threat on the inside. And not only that, they've got to have somebody to match up on defense on the inside, and he's their best option. So, you know, Folky's great. He's getting better. Um, he's still, you know, probably a year away from really, really contributing. But, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Alexander's just – he's so hit or miss right now. Yeah, somebody tweeted, and I thought it was perfect. And it was like, I, I don't know if, if Kyle Alexander is going to play like a first grader today or a first-round pick. You know, that, that's that's kind of the the deal with him. You, you, know, you never really know. I, no. I just think he could be so good. I think he's flashed a, a little bit of a jump shot that's never really developed. And I, yeah, I, well, he started to hit those jumpers last yeah. year, and this year it's just non-existent. Yeah, against Purdue, who, who we're going to talk about, he hit, yeah. hit that big three. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. I just see a guy with potential that, that hasn't really gotten there yet. You know, it's a guy like that that you wish – was a redshirt junior. It wasn't a senior, um, but yeah, he's still a big key for Tennessee. Like you said, he, he's the best uh, interior defender that that they have. Just wish he wouldn't play so soft at times. So yeah. that that's something that to watch for going forward as Tennessee goes up against uh, some of these bigger teams with, with bigger forces down low. Um, speaking of bigger teams, yeah, I'm about to say uh, perfect. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit about Purdue. All right, Tennessee will play Purdue, the number three seed in the South region. Um, they beat Villanova handily on Saturday, uh, beat Old Dominion in round one. It's a team that Tennessee fans should be familiar with, uh, the battle for Atlantis uh, in 2017. When Tennessee kind of re, you know, came back onto the basketball scene, uh, it was that tournament, that preseason tournament down there. They end up beating Purdue, who was highly ranked at the time, uh, nearly knock off Villanova. I think they were ranked after that tournament, uh, Tennessee yeah. was. So yeah. uh, Purdue's got some players, you know, Matt Painter's squad, they they always seem to be very talented, very experienced this time of year. Uh, not a great matchup for Tennessee. Uh, we talked about Iowa and, and Tennessee having some advantages there. Uh, Purdue is a much different animal. Yeah, Tennessee's going to have to hit their outside shots, just like we were talking about earlier with Colgate. I mean, uh, Purdue's got size. They're going to pack the inside. And Tennessee, you know, if their inside game's not working, most of the outside game's not working. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a battle, man. Uh, Ken Palm has them eighth in the country when it comes to his overall efficiency. Uh, Tennessee's tenth. You know, it's only it's less than a point's difference between the two. So they match up almost identical. Um and, yeah, another big game for Kyle Alexander coming up. And Admiral has to get inside in this game. He can't be shooting threes like he was for most of the game today. Yeah, Carson Edwards, um, he's oh going to be a problem. Yes. We, we, talked, we talked about, um, you know, struggling with Colgate uh, and what Jordan Burns did. Uh, Carson Edwards is a more experienced version of that, you know, a Big Ten version of that. Uh, 39 minutes against Villanova, dude scores 42 points. Uh, 9 of 16 from the three-point line, 12 of 21 from the field, 9 of 9 from the free-throw stripe. Offense runs through him. You know you know that going in. Uh, there was a stretch of time there in SEC play where Tennessee struggled to guard the ball. That absolutely cannot happen. Uh, Jordan Bone, Lamonte Turner, uh, Bowden, they're going to have to step up. Man-to-man defense is going to be absolutely massive. They're, they cannot allow Carson Edwards uh, to get into the paint. They can't allow him any daylight. They're going to, going to have to step up defensively, keep that intensity. 
You know, I, I, if you ask me what the, the main difference was against Iowa first half to second half, yes, Admiral was hitting shots, but I would tell you the defensive intensity. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it just seemed like they were anticipating things, were stepping in passing lanes, they were manning up. Uh, it was just a totally different intensity in the second half. So Tennessee's going to have to come out and, and put together 40 minutes of that effort that we saw in the first half against Iowa. Yeah, and one thing they're going to have to, especially Lamonte Turner and uh, Jordan Bohm, they're going to have to stay patient with him. Um, he shoots 19 shots a game on average. I mean, that's ridiculous. So he's going to get his points. The key is, is are you going to be able to limit the points in big situations? And part of playing against a point guard is you got to make sure he's not going to make that extra pass or find the open guy for those points in those big situations as well. So Tennessee's going to have their hands full. There's no doubt about it. Um, we've seen Lamonte Turner struggle on defense at times. We've seen Jordan Bone struggle on defense at times. So they're going to have to be locked in if they want to win this game. It's pretty simple. Yeah, and then you've got the big man down low, uh, Matt Harms. Harms. Yeah, the he's from Amsterdam, I believe. Um, seven foot three. Uh, 250 pounds. Grant, I, I think Tennessee's lying when they say Grant Williams is 6'7". I think he's more like 6'5". Right. Uh, yeah. So that's that's a huge size yeah. disadvantage. Uh, I, I don't think Tennessee's gonna have, going to be able to run through the post in this one. Um, no. I think it's going to be a heavy dose of bone coming at harms, of Admiral coming at harms. I think you're going to see Tennessee come at him, try and get him in foul trouble because – Man, he is he is a tree down there. Uh, so in order to get Grant Williams going, I, I think you're going to have to get this guy out of the game. Uh, so that's definitely something to watch going forward. Yeah, and you know, in Purdue, the last the game last year down in the Bahamas was kind of you know the squad's coming out party, and I'm sure Purdue remembers that, and I'm sure they're going to look to get some revenge uh, for that. But like you're saying, man, Tennessee's going to work it inside, and Kyle Alexander or outside, sorry, and Kyle Alexander's going to have to have a performance similar like he had last year. I mean, it's just simple. If he if he does that this game, and then just you know pays below average at best the rest of the game or the rest of the season, then I'll consider that a victory. So we can go from there if that happens. Uh, on the bright side, Grant did put up 22 uh, in the Bahamas uh, nice. against against Purdue last year. Um, so, you know, Grant, I, you could put Grant against an eight-foot-tall dude. He's still going to get his numbers. Yeah, he ain't scared. Uh, just something to watch for, something Tennessee needs to really attack and, and get him in foul trouble. So uh, early line out of Vegas, I've seen a pick em. I've seen Tennessee favored by one. Uh, yeah, Get ready for another heart attack. Right. Um, it, it's it's going to be close. It, it's going to come down to whether or not Tennessee can defend Carson Edwards and whether or not Tennessee offense can keep pace. So um, on paper, th- this looks like a really, really even matchup. Um, you know, elsewhere in the bracket, you've got Virginia still alive. We'll see if they play Oregon or UC Irvine. Uh, you've got North Carolina still alive. Uh, they're going to take on Auburn. Auburn is Auburn might be the, the hottest team in the country. Um, suddenly, that that yep. blowout loss in the SEC title game ain't looking too terrible. Nope. Um, Kentucky's still breathing without PJ Washington. We'll see if they get him back. He's been in a cast. He's in a hard cast. Um, Calipari says it's it's precautionary, but. I don't uh, think he, I don't think he's playing anytime soon, man. It just you know, he, I'm kind of with he you. That, he was on that scooter riding in. I mean, that just doesn't. You don't get on those scooters unless it's something serious. Yeah, yeah. They get the winner of Houston, Ohio State, I and mean, Houston. 
Houston is a is a team that that could knock Kentucky off if they don't I've have got to go in the final four. Well, there you go, there you go. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, let's see what else we got. Duke almost got knocked off. Uh, oh man, I don't know how that that UCF layup didn't fall. It did oh. everything but fall. Oh, it was it's it's like watching a UT game. I mean, it's exactly just like I just felt my heart break for every every UCF fan out there. But you knew they were going to crown themselves champions after Duke <laughs> won anyway. So I'm kind of glad it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not real sure what I was rooting for there. But uh, <laughs> in Tennessee's interest, it would have been nice if Duke had gone down there. But uh, Duke, right there Duke just seems a little flawed to me. I, Very I just, flawed. They they aren't the same team they once were. So. Um, SEC teams still alive. LSU advanced. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've mentioned Auburn and Kentucky. So four of the Sweet 16 so far, SEC schools. Nice of the SEC to, to represent there. So uh, that's all we got for tonight. Uh, Tennessee again plays on Thursday. We don't have a time for that yet. It will be Thursday night um, against Purdue. It should be close. I, I, hopefully we can uh, hop on here and break the game down, uh, hopefully right after the game. Uh, so uh, until then, stu- uh, tune to RockyTopTalk.com. Uh, we're gonna have Evan's gonna get a preview up real quick uh, of Purdue. Let you know what to be looking for. We're gonna have a full breakdown of the tournament. We're still talking about this uh, this Tennessee Iowa game. There's a lot to dissect there. So uh, join the site. You know, leave us a comment. Join the conversation. Uh, we we love going back and forth with you guys. So until next time, this is Terry. That's Evan. Thanks for joining us.